0: Welcome to Ben Navarro's podcast with your host Ben Navarre's. Can you hear me? Yeah.
1: It's pretty low but we will live. Low? You think that's loud?
0: I feel like I can hear everything.
1: It's pretty wild. You have to, it's kind of weird getting used to initially, but it'll get better. Yeah. I think they're pretty good mics, obviously.
0: I like them. I'm just a newbie.
1: Well, not after today. Okay. So you're telling me about your dad. What does your dad do? Remind me.
0: Um, he sells sports memorabilia for fun, but it's not for fun because it actually funds his life.
1: (laughs) When did he start?
0: Um, So he was in college I think and him and his brother and my uncle purchased like a little shop in a mall and they opened like a sports card and comic book store. So I actually have a bunch of comic books in my nightstand that he's just given me like over the years that he still has but I remember before he sold all of his comic books he had like a whole room full of them and there were certain ones I like wasn't even allowed to touch. And there's ones that I still have now that he was like, don't take them out of the plastic. So I never have.
1: Your dad sounds like a pretty interesting dude.
0: Oh, he is insane.
1: <laughs> I can't imagine how, like, how long it takes to co- to make a collection.
0: But also, like, study and research how, like, each one is...
1: Why they're valuable. Yeah. And then what to look for inside of a, a place if somebody comes to you and then... How to negotiate and buy and know exactly what you're buying.
0: Exactly. Like, he can tell you the stats of almost every player. Like, he'll buy a pack of cards and he's like, oh, this isn't worth anything. Or he's like, oh my gosh, I just found a $500 card. And I'm like, how do you know that without researching it? He's like, I just know.
1: <laughs> yeah, how does he know? I mean, Because
0: he just, like, sits there and researches and, like, watches sports all day and keeps up with all the trends, and he'll go to, like, card conventions and stuff, and he's tried to explain it to me, but I'm not into sports like that, so I can't get excited about it the same way, but it works for him.
1: I'm not a big sports guy either, so I think it's weird to me being in, like, you around, like, fantasy football people, and they're, like, watching the game, and you're like, oh, yeah, and he went to Alabama State University, and he does this and ran of this in the combine, I'm like,
2: how do why? you
1: know that? <laughs> what like what value does that bring you to, yeah. like to, I guess right now you can sound like you know what you're talking about but like but why unless you're like training cards I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean he really did the thing that was like make money off of what you love. So.
1: And then on the side he just happens to be a software engineer.
0: Oh yeah, he went to school for computer science and has a whole degree and just decided that that's his side <laughs> hobby. <laughs>
1: That's the goal. I mean, yep. that's the dream.
0: That's true. If,
1: there, if you could have that same opportunity, what would be the thing that you love that you could do for the rest of your life?
0: Honestly, I don't even know. I feel like I've just gone to school and worked for five years in a row that I haven't gotten to experience a lot of things that I've, like, loved to do.
1: Communicate?
0: Um, I'm pretty shy, actually. Really? Yeah.
1: And you work as a server.
0: I was just explaining this to someone the other day. Um, so when I'm behind the bar, you know how I work in like a rectangle bar, like there's sides everywhere around me. And then people will sit facing me. Like I feel safe in the bar. Like I am a different person in the bar that I am once I leave the bar. So if you stick me on the floor and I'm like walking between tables, I get so shy. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm unsafe out here. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know the table numbers. But if you stick me behind the bar, I'm like in my own little bubble and I'm only talking to the people that are sitting with me. I don't know. It's hard to explain.
1: I think that's. I, mean, if you, I think you explained it pretty well. It's just a. It's a safety net, right? It it's is just, a safety net. It's a. It's a. It's a box that you feel safe in. I mean, that's. A, it's a simple. I mean, you did a good job. I mean that's you, true. You've also been doing it for a while now, no?
0: I would say, like, I've been bartending for four or five years.
1: What kind of different settings of bartending have you done?
0: So I started bartending at Northgate which is like the local bar street here. And I got hired to work at Northgate from a customer at Hooters. So I started in, I started serving at Hooters. First serving job I've ever had. But I've been in the food industry since I was like 15. I was a host. And then I worked at Jimmy John's and then like multiple places. But one of my customers was like, hey, uh, I need another bartender. Do you want to work for me? And I was like, I've never bartended. That sounds like a terrible idea. Like, I won't be good for you. (laughs) He was like, it's super easy. So I went and started there, and it was super easy. Northgate's mostly just, like, build drinks. But the hours were awful. Like, I was going to sleep at 4 or 5 in the morning. And I'm dealing with college students that are my age. So honestly a lot of them can be very mean or they like don't tip or they're not actually 21. So there, that was just a whole mess working there. So I just decided it wasn't for me. And then I got moved up in the bar behind, like moved up behind the bar at Hooters, which was something you like had to earn. So I've always valued like Being a bartender, because in the restaurant industry, being the bartender is, like, the highest position you can get. I mean, besides a GM, but, like, host, server, bartender. And so that's how it's kind of tricky at Twin, because I feel like I didn't earn it. Like, none of the girls that bartend earned it, except for, like, three girls. Because when it opened, we were, like, immediately put behind the bar because we said we wanted to be behind the bar. But,
1: yeah. Yeah, That sounds... Like you had experience, like you earned it, right? It was just maybe not inside of that specific area, but you came in with some background.
0: Yeah, I had background, but I still feel like I didn't get the chance to prove to them that I could be behind the bar. So
1: I feel like your experience proved it already,
0: I guess, but there's some girls behind the bar that I work with that that's their first bartending job too. And they picked up pretty quickly too. So
1: I thought it was pretty complicated Like you can make, making drinks at home is fun and it's like, it's, I move at my own pace, Mm -hmm. but at Northgate, you're hauling ass.
0: Mm -hmm. Like sweating.
1: And then dealing with drunk college students. That sounds kind of hard.
0: It's actually the worst thing. It's not the worst (laughs) thing ever. But so one question I get asked a lot at Twin and Hooters, so I get it. It like, it has a reputation for being a restaurant. And I get asked a lot, like, oh, like, how many times do you get harassed working here? Like, is it bad? And I'm like, I got harassed more working at Northgate with college students than I've ever been in the four years that I worked at Hooters or Twin Peaks. Wow. Ever. Yeah. Like, people at Northgate will, like, grab you or throw drinks on you or start fighting in front of you or throw up in on the bar in front of you. It's just... On the bar? Oh, I've seen it happen... Literally right in front of me, like, ten times minimum. Disgusting. And then you just have to say, hey, like, can you get him out of here? Like, you have to scream it. Yeah.
1: Because it's so... Which one did you work at?
0: Um, So, I worked at a bar called 115. And... And then they closed and moved into a new property and remodeled a bar over there and then reopened. And it's, like, super nice now. They completely remodeled it. But that is every single bar on Northgate. Yeah. Like, every single one.
1: That's sad. It just, I mean, it's just not a fun scene. I've never really been in Northgate you don't. Guy. You're
0: not missing anything.
1: <laughs> it just, see, I, I think I've gone, and when I was an undergrad, maybe half a dozen times, maybe. And it was always just so packed and so loud. Mm-hmm. And when I was there within the last six months and we were trying to get in line to go to the backyard to go upstairs. I've, I've never been upstairs. And I so love we're
2: the backyard.
1: Never been upstairs. I've always been in the back and hang out. But even then I just like, I sit down and I watch everybody cause everyone's just so fucking drunk. I'm yeah. Like, Might as well just watch. Uh, and then while we're standing in line, these people just started like, like shoving themselves into the line. And then we just like. What's going on? Some girl started messing with one of my friend's caps and like tossing it and moving. I was like, leave us alone. Like, Mm -hmm. what are y'all doing? It's weird.
0: You see some stuff if you pay attention on Northgate. Like, I feel like I've seen it all. It's crazy down there.
1: Would you ever, do you ever go back now?
0: Um, so I'm really good friends with my boss still from 115. So I actually bartended there for him like three weeks ago because he was short a bartender and I was free. So, and then um, when you do work on Northgate, all the bartenders just kind of know each other because you're all leaving at like 4 and 5 a.m. at the same time. And like bartenders, like respect other bartenders because we get the struggle. So I'm still friends with a few of the bartenders that work there that like, there's a few that still work there when I worked there like two years ago. So it's kind of nice to see them. But at the same time, I'm like, how are you still doing this? Like, how do you like going to sleep at 4 and 5 a.m.? Like, I don't know.
1: It just doesn't seem attractive at all. I mean, is the money there to supply that? That's what I've always heard. It is
0: there. But it's it's an addictive lifestyle. There's a lot of people that work at Northgate that will literally spend their money on partying when they have the night off or they go to sleep and like waste their day every single day because they're going to sleep every night at like 5 or 6 a.m. And I was actually with a rela- in a relationship with a guy who, w- while I was working at Twin, I met him at 115. So he was my bar back when we started dating. And when I went to Twin Peaks, he went to a different bar on Northgate. And, like, even just that was, like, a problem we had in our relationship because I was going to bed and waking up early and, like, he was going to bed super late and then waking up super late. And it's, like, it's a lifestyle you have to adapt to and be, like, okay with living. And I was not okay with going to sleep that late and just, like, being yelled at and moved super quick and the rules are crazy and... Twin Peaks is a way more calm environment.
1: It sounds like it. It's yeah. Like significantly. Yeah. Are you do you see a difference in tips mm-hmm. from Northgate to Twin Peaks or Hooters?
0: Um, yeah. So when I worked at Hooters, I don't wanna say it's a dying company, but it's kind of a dying company. A little bit. Um so when I started working there, uh it was my first serving job, so like $100 a shift, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm making $100 a day? Like, this is crazy. But $100 a shift at Hooters was very good money. And Damn. so if you think about it, I was working five to six shifts a week at Hooters, making, like, five to $600 a week. And then I was also working at Northgate to, like, make my bills. So I was working two jobs, and it wow. was exhausting. Yeah. And then I went to – I moved to Twin Peaks – and started making like triple that. Like, I didn't need a second job anymore to pay my bills. So, yeah,
1: there's a pretty significant difference in the yeah different lifestyles. When I mean, you have college students versus a bunch of, I don't know, I feel like I always see construction guys mm-hmm. that are always like, you know, people that are more well to do, I suppose.
0: Yeah, but if you think about it, when you go to Northgate, you're buying like a drink or two. So it's, like, a $10 tab, which is, like, a $1 or $2 tip. And then there's people that will come into Twin and buy food and buy drinks for their friends. And they'll sit there and, like, enjoy their time. So they'll rack up a tab and, like, tip a certain percentage.
1: Makes sense. Yeah. The food at Twin is... I love our food. Outstanding. Thank
0: you. I love our food. It's...
1: It's not something that you would... Like, I never really thought of Hooters as, like, having... Like spectacular food. like It was okay. It was good food. It's okay. It's all right. Twin Peaks does such a good job.
0: Everything.
1: With all of it. Mm-hmm. The brisket, the cheese, I mean the chicken wrap thing. Oh my God.
0: It's... And everything's from scratch. Like even our dressing on our salad, the cooks make in the morning.
1: What time does everybody show up?
0: Um, my manager shows up every morning at 4 a.m., and then I think the cooks get there around 7 or 8, and then we open at 11.
1: Damn, they're there.
0: Yeah, they prep, like, everything super early.
1: And then are those the same cooks that stay the day? Or are those, like, the we have a prep cook no. and then two different shifts?
0: So they'll usually send people home. Like, they'll cut people after the lunch rush. So if you go in at 4 o'clock, like, in the middle of the day, that's that's our slowest time. It's between, like, 3.30 and 4.30 is like our dead hour.
2: Okay.
0: And there's usually only like one or two cooks in the kitchen at that point. But if it's during a dinner wash, there's like one person a station. So there's one person for fry, one person for wings, one person for the pizza oven, and then the salad line. Damn. Yeah, there's, there's probably like 10 people in the kitchen on like a busy Friday or Saturday night.
1: I want to go back there and see the madness that's going on
0: oh no they're organized like the madness is the girls in the back like by the expo line where you get the food yeah. or you're making the drinks or you're grabbing utensils that's where it gets crazy like the kitchen is so much more organized than us it's ridiculous
1: that's kind of cool to know <laughs>
0: yeah i guess it gets it gets pretty messy down there like fries will be flying i'm not gonna lie
1: is that from the girls
0: Yeah, just moving so quickly. Like, if it's busy, we'll be, like, running back and forth back there. Like, I've run into people all the time back there.
1: I just want want to see what it looks like back there. Because, I mean, how much space is there between, like, that wall that we see? You have two entrances. How much space do you have between that wall and the next space?
0: So, right behind that wall, I'm going to – I wish I had, like, a piece of paper. I could draw you a diagram. Right behind that wall that you see is going to be, like, the drink station and the sink for us to wash our hands and then, like, the to-go station. And then there's, like, a hallway we pass back and forth through with, like, carpets so we don't trip and stuff. I would say there's, like, four or five feet, like, between. Okay. So, like, two girls can comfortably walk past each other. But there's more than two girls. I would say on a Friday or Saturday night they have – 12 to 14 girls on the floor at a time. And then there's the bartenders, and then there's the cooks, and then there's the bussers that are also walking back there. So it just gets crazy.
1: That's one hell of an operation.
0: Yeah, but if you think about it, that's like how every single restaurant is when they're busy. Like, we have a very, very nice kitchen for a restaurant.
1: Is that because that's what Twin Peaks kind of just... It's like, that? Is that the standard because... No?
0: mm Um. So... Before we, when they purchased the building that we moved into, it was a barbecue buffet. So the building was already built and we just remodeled everything. So it's actually a very small kitchen for most Twin Peaks, but it's very organized. But I also have a very good manager. Like, I'll give it to him. He's an OCD freak and I love him. But like, everything is very, very organized.
1: Is that JP or is that?
0: No, Clint is our GM. And then JP's the kitchen manager. Okay. Yeah. And then we have a bar manager too. Damn. And then we have like the girl's manager, which is Jen. So she's kind of responsible for, she's like our mom. Like she makes the girl's schedule and make sure that we're like okay mentally. Like you can talk to her about anything.
1: Sweet me, you kind of need that in that environment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess, but at the same time, I feel like a lot of people are surprised when I tell them there's less drama, like, working with all girls than there was in the restaurants I worked with, with boys and girls.
1: That was my next question. Yeah. Why?
0: (laughs) I really don't know how to explain it. I think it's because we're, like, all girls that are the same age. So when we do piss each other off or we are mean to each other, we get over it super quickly because it's just the environment. Like we're moving quick. Like a customer made us mad. But we're also girls, so we're easy to vent to. So again, like if a customer upsets you or you're like going through a breakup, like we can help calm you down because we're girls. Like we know exactly what you're going through. And then a guy is just going to be like, what are you talking about? Like stop talking. And that's how our manager is. Like, he'll make fun of us when we're sitting there, like, talking about boy problems or something. He's just like, y'all are stupid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's not entirely wrong at some degree. I feel like boys are dumb. And so if you're talking about the dumb things that boys are doing, then, I mean, what are we doing?
0: Yeah. But it's just because we're, like, all the same age. Like, we all have almost all the same problems. So we just get along most of the time. That is nice. So
1: when you were working both jobs, what did your schedule look like when you were both at Hooters and at um, Northgate?
0: So I actually remember it. Um, I worked Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday mornings at Hooters. And then I worked Tuesday and Thursday nights at Northgate. So my days off were Monday and Wednesday. And I was... Still making less than what I just make at Twin Peaks. Working both of those jobs. But it was also during COVID. So all my classes were online and I felt like I had all the time in the world. Like I could not have that schedule now. Because all my classes are in person again. So I have places I have to be.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. So when you were... How did you guys adapt during... I mean, could that have been the... Like, yeah, you're making triple now versus when you were making them. But if it was during COVID...
0: Honestly, I think I looked the heck out with COVID. Why? Um, So I feel like that's where everything kind of started with me. So that was exactly like at one year I had been working at Hooters. COVID happened. And so I walked in for my shift that day and he was like, well, we're closing. Like everything's closing. And I was like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? And he was like, they just closed everything. But we're allowed to do to-go's. Like, do you want to be one of the girls that's going to do to-go's? We have four girls that we're picking to do to-go's. And I was like, I would love to do to-go's. Like, I need a job. But I've also been one of those people that always keeps myself busy with work. Like, I love working. So I don't know what I would have done if he didn't pick me for to-go's. And so once I started doing to-go's, I worked Monday through Friday. Like, I would literally just sit in a booth and walk out food to people's cars and it got so boring that Hooters was like, hey, like y'all should start posting on social media and stuff so people know that we're open for to goes." And that's when I started TikTok. And I started it as a little joke and then it just kind of took off from there. And so that's why I think I lucked out with COVID because a lot of things that I've had happen in my life are definitely because of that like stage in my life.
1: Like what else? So I definitely want to continue to learn more about the, the TikTok fame that you have. i want to call it fame because it's kind of insane because I have a – having the podcast, it's like mm-hmm. you want to post, 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 right? And and, and, yeah. and so that's where you get followers and likes and views and all these things. But it's still – and there's people that I'm just like, is that really how you do it? But I think that's really how you do it.
0: That's really it just, how you
1: do it. It's that simple.
0: People like to watch people that they can kind of, like, live through. So the more you post, the more familiar familiar you are to them, and then they're like, oh, like, they're my friend. So there's certain people that I follow on social media, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm obsessed with you. But it's because they allow you to see parts of their normal life that you also go through, and I think that's why TikTok is such a big deal because everybody can relate to a certain video on TikTok, so it's just one of those social media platforms that connected like everybody during COVID.
1: Did you find that there was a like a method to your madness? Like a certain time to post, a certain type of post? What were those?
0: Everything. So I remember literally making my first video and it was this trend. And I can't remember exactly what it was, but I just like remade a trend. And... Um, I remember telling my roommate at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, I got 500, like 5,000 likes. That's crazy. I was like, I'll make another one tomorrow. (laughs) And then, um, they just, I like was posting once a day. And then once I got to 10,000 followers, I was like, wow, this is like so much fun. This is crazy. And I had nothing else to do. And so, I learned that consistency with social media is key. So I would literally post two videos a day, like, seven days a week, which everyone is like, oh, social media is so easy. Like, it's so easy to do that or talk to your phone. But you, like, have to plan a lot of stuff out. Like, it is... It's a lot harder than people think it is. It takes a lot more time, like, thinking, reading comments, like, researching trends. Like, I was probably on TikTok, like, four hours a day just watching videos so I could get ideas of what to do. Damn. Yeah, when I first started. And, like, I would pre-film videos because I only worked five days a week. But I would pre-film so I would, like, have stuff to post in case I couldn't think of something or, like, on my days off. But that's also how I gained a bunch of followers because... Again, I got lucky. Like, during COVID, when I, a lot of people got laid off or, like, weren't working, I feel like they were going to my TikToks and they were like, oh, like, let's watch this girl work because I miss working. Or they're like, why is she working and I'm not? Like, it was just a curious curiosity thing. And they were like, oh, I like this girl. And then once everything kind of reopened, I feel like I became the, the one of the girls on TikTok that people my age or people that were also servers were like, oh, I can relate to her videos because I serve too. Like I'm a college student. I'm a server. Like I know exactly what she's talking about. So I made my TikTok channel like a niche. So it's just serving videos. I really like don't make any videos at home or of my personal life. It's just like relatable videos to people. That are in the service industry, I guess.
1: Which is a shit ton of people.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I see your videos, like, you're you're doing, like, your makeup, like, before. Or you do, like, what I came out with today, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how much did I make today? And then, like, you have one dude on there, an older gentleman. Daryl. Who? Daryl. How did you and Daryl meet?
0: Everyone asks me this, so... (laughs) It's actually a funny story because, um, so I worked at Hooters and this guy came and sat in my section and it was Daryl. And he like, when I met him, he had just had a stroke and I didn't know this. So he like comes in on a walker, like stereotypical old person. You're like, who is this guy? So he sits in my section and he's super quiet, like does not talk. And he tips me like $5, but he's super sweet. So I like, don't think anything of it. And then he keeps coming back and requesting to sit with me. And this is when, like, we had just reopened. So a lot of the times he was, like, the only person in there sometimes. And we just became best friends. He has the personality of, like, a 20-year-old. Like, he knows all the gossip. He knows all (laughs) the life advice. And what's actually so annoying is I can tell him something and he'll tell me exactly how it's going to end. And I'm like, Um, well, I'm still going to do it. And he's like, okay. And then exactly what he says is going to happen. And I'm like, dang it.
1: So he's a wise 20-year-old.
0: He's so wise. But, like, he can talk exactly like us. And he knows all the tea. So he's pretty funny. And then there was just one day I was like, hey, will you make this TikTok with me? Like, I'm bored. And he was like, what's TikTok? And... I was like, oh, it's just this like video sharing app. So the first video I made with him, I made him try things out of a straw, that but he didn't know what they were, okay. and he had to guess what they were.
1: It's it's so wholesome and so fun, like so, just playful. Yeah. I like it either way. Continue.
0: I feel like people love Daryl more than they love me. <laughs> like they come to my channel to watch Daryl, and he knows it too. But, um,
1: he's a real star. He just doesn't happen to have TikTok yet.
0: No, that's, that's what I'm getting to. He has a freaking TikTok this, and I wasn't even the one that downloaded it on his phone. (laughs) So when Daryl first started doing TikToks with me, like he couldn't even watch the videos. He just trusted me. Like he didn't even know what was going on. He just went with it. And, um, so one of my coworkers at Hooters was like, Daryl, download it. Like you can watch the videos. They're so funny. Well, this man, this old man became addicted to TikTok and was, was... like, staying up till 2 a.m. in the morning watching TikToks, got his own TikTok, and then we convinced him to start, like, I would make videos for him and post them on his account. And then, like, he just recently started, like, vlogging his days or making his own videos. Oh, my God. And, yeah, he has, like, 13,000 followers. And I'm, like, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) And people will come up in the store and they're, like, you're Daryl. Like, it's actually happened at work. They'll come up to Daryl. Like, I will be talking to Daryl. And they're, like, oh, my God, you're Daryl. Like, I watch you on TikTok. And I'm, like, hey. it's my account but like it's cool it's cool and they're just like yeah yeah so daryl like blah 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 blah." i'm like okay
1: (laughs) he's the real star we all know
0: yeah he is i'll give it to him
1: i want to meet daryl
0: you've never met him Mm -mm. he's in there like almost every single time i work
1: i've never seen him
0: uh then you're gonna have to tell me the next time you come in because he like loves to talk to people like anybody
1: I wanted to come on the podcast.
0: He would definitely come on the podcast, but like he'll give you a run for his money.
1: I want to. I'm sure that there's an interesting guy behind there, and I think that's what I'm like most interested in in this thing. It's like I get to learn a little bit about someone in my community, but then also other people, and then like, but a little bit more in depth because we only get to see if we if we follow your TikTok, we only get to see a small sliver of who you are, right? Yeah you're a more complex individual than just a server. It's like, what else is going on, right? And so I would like to meet Daryl and see what's going on inside his brain and his TikTok.
0: Oh my gosh, I don't know half the stuff that goes on in his head either. But like, he is so interesting to talk to. Like, I'm telling you, he knows everything. Best life advice, Daryl. Okay. Everything.
1: So your first video with him was you trying the... Straw stuff. hmm Did it... Was it, like, an instant hit yeah, kind of thing?
0: it was. Um, so it was this trend on TikTok. That's what I did. Like, I would try to just, like, keep up with the trends because that's how the algorithm works. Like, you would get the most likes and the most views based on trends that were already trending. So we did this one where you put, like, four different drinks in a shoebox and then flip it so they can't see, like, what they're drinking and I gave him, like, lemonade, pickle juice, and then orange juice, and then the last one was vodka. And, like, you could see it on his face. Like, he was like, this is vodka. <laughs> and I remember it got, like, 70,000 likes. And he was like, wow, that's crazy. Like, let's do another one. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it,
1: that must have helped having somebody kind of, like, as a partner mm-hmm. to continue the, the thing.
0: Yeah, No, definitely.
1: That's, like, massive. Like, it's somebody that's, like, almost guaranteed content, but then it's somebody to, like, share in the success.
0: Yeah. And he loves it. Like, he'll respond to everybody on the comments and everything. Yeah.
1: Is he more (laughs) active than you?
0: I think he is now. I feel like I've just gotten really busy with school and work. Twin Peaks is a lot busier than Hooters was. So I can't like film as much as I used to, but I also, to the I've done it for so long. I think this is like my third or fourth year on TikTok. I'm just kind of like, I don't know how much longer I can do this.
1: Is it stressful to have to feel like, do you feel like you have to keep up with trends like constantly?
0: Yeah. So the way the algorithm works, if you literally go like three days without, um, a video, your views drop significantly. Like TikTok will stop like trending your profile.
2: Damn. And
0: then if you go a week without a video, they will literally, I don't want to say shadow ban, but your views are almost like non-existent.
1: Have you seen that? Have you done that? (laughs) Yes.
0: I would say I'm kind of going through that right now. Um, But it's just because, I don't know, I'm like too busy to sit there and really watch TikTok and trends and stuff like I used to. So it's just different or it's like a lot harder to film because when me and Daryl would film at Hooters, we were the only ones in there because it's a lot slower over there than it is at Twin. Like the second we open at Twin, there's people like at tables and at the bar. And it's just, it's kind of hard when there's people because you don't want to like film random customers or like have them ask you a bunch of questions about what you're doing. Cause we're, we film like Stupid videos, like stupid funny videos, and they're just like, what's going on?
1: (laughs) You could get them involved, but at the same time, like, a lot of people are like, I want my drink. What are you doing?
0: Yeah, but also a lot of people are like, I don't want to be in your video. And I'm like, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like That's weird to me. It's like, why not, you know? I guess, different people, different things. That's true. So is TikTok for you going to, is this it? Is it going to die?
0: Honestly, I've had a lot of people say that. But I think the whole reason my account took off in the first place is because it's a niche account. Like, I'm a server. People can relate to it. And I've also tried kind of, I don't want to say hard, but I have purposely kept my personal life out of my TikToks because people can get kind of crazy with social media. Like, I've had a few of my accounts hacked. I've had people like, like, you can Google me and there's biographies about me and, they like know stuff about me. I'm like, how do you know that? Like, I've never said that on social media before. And I'm not even like a big, I wouldn't even say I'm a huge creator. Like I have a very good following, but there's people like way, way, way bigger than me. So I know it gets scary for them. Like I've had my phone hacked. Like someone has texted my friends pretending to be me. Like they hacked into my phone, got my like closest friend's phone numbers and texted them like things about me like it was i've had scary stuff happen
1: that's pretty trippy yeah is <laughs> do you think it's because tiktok is related to the chinese stuff i don't really know much about it but do you think like because of that ended up being your your method to contact people
0: i don't know it just
1: happened to happen to be happenstance people just finding your stuff and trying to stalk you
0: yeah But I think that can happen with any creator. Like, there was actually one of the girls that I follow who's close to my age. Um, She lives in Austin now. She, like, just moved there. But she made a video one day, and it, like, broke my heart because I kind of related to it, but not on the same way. Just, like, um, just people, like, coming into your personal life when – because they feel like they can. I don't know. But she had someone hack into her phone – And which I had someone hack into my phone too. But she had someone hack into her phone and like take inappropriate pictures, like out of her camera roll and blackmail her with them. And it got like very serious. Yeah. So she made like a few videos on that. And like I felt so bad for her because I was like, oh my gosh, like I've had my accounts hacked and like taken from me, but like nothing like that. Like that would, that would scare the heck out of me. Anxiety on a whole new level.
1: Seriously. Yeah. Makes me like, a little sad for her. Yeah. Onset. Oh,
0: she's fine now. That happened like a year ago, but like at the but same still, time. still, like
1: to be in the middle of that and just, you're just posting videos, right? You're yeah. You're just having a good you're time. You're just being
0: you. Yeah.
1: And people are there out there just, vind- I don't know if I'm vindictive. I don't know if it's because of success, but it's sad. There's mm-hmm. no point.
0: It can be scary. Like, I don't know.
1: Were there times that you had been scared? I mean, obviously the phone hacking's a little bit.
0: Yeah, it just got... It got annoying. Like, I blew up. I want to say I blew up pretty quick. And I'm pretty, like, steady now, but it's because I just don't post as much as I used to. But within, like, two years, I almost had a million followers. Like, I think, like, a year and a half. What? You didn't know that?
1: I knew you had, like, a million plus followers at this point, don't you? No more? Um,
0: I'm at 990,000. So I haven't passed it yet. Okay. But I've been, like, stuck at that number because I just, like, don't post as much as I used to but like it got scary like people would send me random stuff on Instagram or I would get notifications that they were like hacking into my email or my social media accounts or they were hacking into my phone number and pretending to be me and like taking contacts and there was like people that would follow like my boyfriend at the time and it just got like it it brings anxiety to a whole new level. Like, I'm a, I'm very anxious because of social media. Like, social media has made me more anxious about certain things, which I want to say is, like, it sucks. Yeah. But I, I also have a huge platform that I'm super thankful for. So, like, there has to be some negative stuff that come with such a positive thing. I don't know.
1: I feel like I never really hear about that part of it. It's like it made yeah. my life anxious. Right? Having to walk around with anxiety because of these things that you're just existing for.
0: Yeah. But, like, imagine how much worse it would be if my account was like a personal account. That's why I don't make like personal videos on my account. It's just at work.
1: So, it makes me think about this, you know, a little yeah, bit. Yeah.
0: It can be like, it can be crazy for other people.
1: Imagine the people that are, that do have those like massive followings.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> you have to have a team of, People helping out along the way. But even then, if they're using computers and they're using phones, they're still able to hack into things and figure stuff out. It's going to be scary.
0: Yeah. It can be stressful. Like, there was definitely a time when it – like, everything on my phone was, like, on total lockdown mode now because they offer so many – like, two-factor authentication, like, all of that stuff. But – I would like wake up and be so anxious that I would be like logged out of my Instagram or something or that I would like wake up to a text message I didn't want to see or just like random stuff. And then there's also people that can bully you. Like you get stupid comments. I can definitely say I've never really had a problem with that because I've never been afraid of where I've worked. That's most of the comments I get are just kind of like, you don't respect yourself and I'm like, well, I respect myself to work somewhere that's going to provide me with the most money so that I can pay my rent and tuition.
1: And Are I also wear less
0: to the pool. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I've said that. I'm like, keep commenting, please. Like, you're, you're making me some money. <laughs> but, Do you get paid
1: to post? Mm-hmm.
0: So it's based off of engagement. But I could definitely be making a lot more if I did, like, brand deals and stuff. But I never wanted my page to be like that. I just wanted my page to be, like, something people could relate to. So I've never done brand, like, opportunities or anything.
1: Would you ever? Like, if you were confronted with, like, what brand do you love?
0: Um, honestly, if any makeup brand would, like, do something, I could probably do that. Because I do, like, the makeup routine before work. That's a good point. But it would have to be something I could, like, incorporate into my videos. Like, I wouldn't watch... M- I wouldn't want my viewers to think they're just watching an ad on my, like, TikTok or something.
1: You just... You're existing and happen to be using a product.
0: Yeah. Like, I feel like I like my account because you're watching me just be, like, a girl that's working. Like, 90% of us do. I don't know.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's literally most people's lives. hmm How do you get paid? Like, what is the... I don't know if that's... If you want to talk about it, if you, where you're comfortable talking about like what what is... Like, you said over engagement, but is it, like, likes and comments, and and then how does how do you get paid?
0: So, um, when you get to 10,000 likes, not 10,000 likes, 10,000 followers on TikTok, you can apply for something called the Creator Fund, and it's, like, you'll get accepted. Like, you just have to reach their um, guidelines, which is 10,000 followers. You have to get, like, 10,000 likes a month minimum. Um, and then, like, you can get in the creator fund and they'll pay you, like, based off of your videos. So, the more views, the more your videos blow up, the more you get paid, like, each day. So, you can literally range from, like, 20 cents a day to, I think, I've made, like, 150 a day from a video. But it's not crazy. It's
1: not crazy money.
0: But it's, like, extra money. So, you know. You know
1: you're to do almost nothing. Mean, not... Something
0: I was already doing exactly. before I was getting paid. Yeah. So the creator fund actually got implemented a year after I, like, had already made my account. Yeah.
1: That's not fair. You should, hey, like, where, where's my stuff at? Like, <laughs> I, have, I have money that's been sitting down on the table there. Uh,
0: I remember telling my mom, I was like, mom, this is so cool. Like, they're paying me now. She was like, wow.
1: <laughs> How do your parents feel about it?
0: Um, well, of course, when I started working at Hooters, my mom was like, oh, like, do you really want to work there? Like, that's any mom. And then I guess she just figured out that I really liked working there. Like, I didn't complain. I didn't ask her for help for anything. And then I don't even remember how she figured out I had had TikTok. I just don't even remember asking her. But she likes all my videos. Like, she'll randomly text me now, and she's like, the one you posted today was funny. Like, she likes them. (laughs) And she loves Daryl. She's met Daryl, like, multiple times.
1: Good. Mm -hmm. That makes me happy. Yeah. And your dad?
0: He hasn't met Daryl, but he, like, loves my TikToks. Yeah.
1: As someone who's, like, a kind of an entrepreneur, your dad, you know, mm-hmm. doing the, the card stuff, I feel like, like, go and get it, you know, a little bit.
0: Yeah. But he's also one of those conspiracy theorists that's, like, TikTok knows everything you're doing. Like, you should stop. But, like, they're funny. Like, he's mixed about it.
1: I think, I, I watch videos and stuff about it. I really don't know, but I... Like, do you watch Joe Rogan or no? Like.
0: I have a few times.
1: So one of, the, like, he was talking with somebody where he went over, he read the agreements. And he was like, if you download it on their phone, then they have access to absolutely everything on your phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, pictures, videos, phone numbers, your search history, the when you use it, your camera, everything on your phone. Yeah. And. That, to me, is a little bit weird. I mean, I just deleted it, mainly because I didn't have that space on my phone. I was at 30, like, it was taking up 30 gigs of memory on my phone. Really? But I was like, why? I'm not downloading anything. I'm yeah. I'm looking at videos. I save stuff, and I like stuff, but I don't post anything. Why is there 30 gigs just being consumed by this app, and where is it coming from?
0: Never thought about that. But what is crazy is, like, I'll Google something, and then it'll show up on my For You page. But I also think, like, don't get me wrong, they could totally be spying on me. But the whole app is, like, based off finding things that is, like, best for you or that's relatable for you to keep you on the app. Yeah. So when they do have access to, like, your search bar, like, I just looked up vitamins. I was like, what are the best dietary vitamins or, like probiotics, like how does yogurt affect your stomach? I'm just I like nutritious stuff. Like I just think it's interesting. Yeah. And so like my for you page is filled with like gut videos, like gut health, and I was like I was like TikTok saw me giggle that. Like
1: Y'all know. Yeah. I kinda like it for that reason. Like if you I think people get mad like, oh they're just they feed you a lot of dumb stuff. And mm-hmm. I think if you click dumb stuff, they're going to feed you dumb stuff. Yeah. But if I like science videos and math videos and anatomy or nutrition stuff, then that's what it's going to feed me.
0: Yeah. it's di- Everybody's for you page is like altered to them.
1: What is on your for you page outside of your vitamins?
0: I was going to say right now it's gut videos. <laughs> I don't know. Um, let's see. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you work out a lot?
0: Um, I try to like five days a week, but I don't do weights or anything. Like I love to run. So I run like three miles a day.
1: Damn. it's a lot of running.
0: So a lot of my feed right now is like workout clothes, Chick-fil-A, or like vacation. Because spring break's coming up, so they probably saw me like Googling stuff for it.
1: Where you went for vacay?
0: Well... Sadly, I was going to go to Fort Lauderdale with my friends, and I found out that I owe a bunch of money in taxes. So I was like, it'd be smarter for me not to go. So I'm not going anymore. (laughs) Nice. Taxes are the worst. I know. I'm very sad.
1: (laughs) It makes me really upset. I have been putting off doing my taxes now for some time, and I will put an extension because I really don't want to have to pay anything.
0: Oh, I did them this morning. I was like, great. And that was that was with a $2,000 tax deduction because I pay my own tuition. I still owe like a bunch of money. <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel like that's not okay. I feel like that shouldn't be the case. Is it because of tip outs? Is it because...
0: Um, yeah. So they like don't really tax our money. Like everything yeah. we make is off of tips. So we they don't tax our tips when they give them to us like the next day on a card. Okay. And you can set it up to do that and I just didn't think about it. And size
1: 2020?
0: Yeah. And also um so I make money off of TikTok, so it's like self-employment, so I I always owe for TikTok too. So I owed for Twin Peaks and TikTok this year and I was like, oh, "My heart hurts like" <laughs>
1: That does hurt a little <laughs> I bit. I know.
0: But at the same time, like, I can just work during spring break and save up money instead of just going to the beach for four days. So oh.
1: It's probably a better better use of time, a little bit more relaxing. I yeah. feel like even though the beach can be relaxing when you go on vacation, even when you get back, you still need some time to, like, settle back in, kind of relax, figure stuff out, create yeah. a pace, and then go back to work. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we just, there's not that much time yeah. allowed, usually.
0: I think I'll just go to the river for a day or something.
1: There you go. Yeah. go with some friends. I can drive the... there. Go a loop?
0: Yeah, probably.
1: I have never floated the river.
0: Really? It's freezing. It's always cold.
1: That doesn't sound enjoyable.
0: You have to get the tubes with the mesh bottom. Okay. <laughs> so nothing can, like, touch you. <laughs> but it, you feel safe with a tube with a mesh bottom.
1: But I'm still cold.
0: No, you get used to it. It's, like, literally, like, two inches of water touching you. And then you just, like, sit in your tube and you're fine. You drink a drink or you, like, pack a snack and just tie yourself to your friends. And then you all just float down
1: the river. How long of a float time is it?
0: I think it's, like, 30 minutes. Is that it? I mean, you can, like, get back on a bus and then do it again if you want to. I thought it was, like,
1: hours long.
0: Well, I guess it depends on the river you go to. But there's this, like, spot you can go to in San Marcos, and you just get at the beginning, and then you go to the end, and that's it.
1: Is that, I mean, you just do that repetitively over and over, I or mean, you do it once?
0: honestly, so a lot of people will, like, stop at, like, certain off points and wait and just, like, chill there. So I would say sometimes, like, an hour long, but, like, after being, like, in a tube on the water in an hour, like, that's enough for you. Like, you're ready to go. Like, you had fun, and now you want to go home.
1: (laughs) I feel like an hour sounds great.
0: Yeah.
1: Or did you grow up on the water? Near water? Because you're from San Antonio, no? Mm Mm-hmm. So, no, not really. But did you, like, visit the water?
0: Um, I feel like I was raised to be really appreciative of nature. So, my grandparents owned, like, a cabin in the woods in Tennessee. So, we would go and stay there every single summer, and it's beautiful, and we would hike all the time. Like, I was on a hike, hiking trail when I was, like, a baby. Like, they would take me with them. And then That's I just awesome. grew up doing that every summer. Yeah. I love that. And then my uncle has a beach house in Port a, So we were always on the beach for, like, a minute or two, like, during summer. We would always go down there for, like, July. And I don't know. I got the best of both worlds. And then my dad's side of the family has a lake house. So we would go to the lake. So...
1: You got to see all of it.
0: All of it. I had all of it. Like, I got very lucky.
1: And out of all three, which is your favorite?
0: Tennessee. It's just beautiful up there. But I also think I value it more because it's, like, a process to get there. Like, when I was in San Antonio, day was, like, an hour and fifty minutes away. Like, I could just randomly decide I wanted to go there one day and go there. So maybe I just took advantage of it. But Tennessee's, like, special because that's where the whole family went. Like, that was the family vacation.
1: Is that where you guys still vacay?
0: Um, Actually, we they sold the cabin, like, two years ago, two or three years ago.
1: What's
0: that? Yeah, and I think last year was the last year everybody decided to go at the same time because everybody – a lot of the people in my family, like, have babies now, and my grandparents are kind of getting too old to hike. And I missed it because I had freaking summer school. Like, I missed the last year. So that kind of sucked.
1: That really sucks. Yeah.
0: But it's a place like I would take my own kids. So I know I'll be back.
1: <laughs> I loved being in Tennessee. I, took, I got my master's in Tennessee. Really? I It was during COVID. So I spent most of my time here. But I would go visit Tennessee. And it was one of the most gorgeous drives. And Memphis was beautiful. Uh, I, I was... Johnson City is where my university sits. And so just... Being able to hike around that area was the most, probably some of the, some of the most beautiful hiking I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And it was after they had had like a huge snowstorm. And so I was driving, lakes were frozen, The there was like water coming down the mountain that had turned into ice. And so you have, have these really cool pictures with just like this full sided of mountain like with just huge icicles coming down. And it was just, it was gorgeous.
0: Wait, what college was it?
1: University uh, of East, East Tennessee State University.
0: Okay. Yeah, there's like a few over there I know that are just beautiful.
1: The rec center of this one like sits on a lake and you just like go outside and you just go on a canoe or you can like pad a board, or mm-hmm. um, a lot of the rec center items were like, we're, well, we're going to camping for four days in the Appalachian Mountains. Anybody want to go? Like, we don't have that here.
0: That sounds fun.
1: Yeah. Here we have, like, bowling. I know. Which, I love bowling. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I love bowling. But it's different than, like, going out and doing something like that. And, like, I feel like you create real long-term relationships like that versus, like, bowling is still so individual. Even, like, most of the things that we have here are very individual, I think, um, that are hard to really create those, like, long-term relationships.
0: Yeah. I definitely... Wish sometimes I wish I went out of state just so I could have experienced something else. But I do love Anna. I'm not gonna lie, love it. But it would be really cool to like go to school in the mountains. Uh, do you know where Appalachian State is? Yeah. Beautiful. They're literally like a tiny little town by themselves in the mountains. Like it's gorgeous. I'm like I wish I went here.
1: You, you still can. You can go for your master's.
0: No, I've been in school too long. Like I'm <laughs> done. <laughs>
1: so you're getting your master Are you getting your undergrad in construction science? Yeah, in the Wh- school
0: of architecture.
1: Versus a school of engineering. Is there one in the engineering?
0: No, but they were trying to move us into engineering, and like everyone in the construction science department was like, "No, we're okay." Like, we want to stay here.
1: (laughs) What would have been the difference? More math stuff?
0: Probably. More, like, labs. We already have a lot of labs, but they wanted to rename it something, too. Like, it wouldn't be construction science anymore. I think they were going to change the name of it and move us into the engineering building. But it's kind of... I really think they were trying to move us into the engineering building because we're, like, a very good program at A&M. Have you ever heard of Aggie 100? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, a lot of the people that are Aggie 100 recipients are like construction companies or people that do something in some type of construction. So, we're a, a really good program. Like, it's a really good field. And our engineering program is also like amazing. So, yeah. I think the new president just kind of wanted to push us together. Don't know how to explain it. We were we would be like a department in engineering. Like we would be different. Yeah. And they were like, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> Probably, I feel like it's worked out the way it was supposed to work out. Oh yeah.
0: yeah, I I love construction science. I don't want it to be anything else.
1: Why did you choose construction science? You don't. <laughs> why did, you just don't seem like a construction science person? I don't know. I feel like I would see you in like a public health area or something else. But construction science is just so. Why?
0: Random. Yeah. So I actually always wanted to be an OBGYN, but I'm scared of blood. Like I faint. So I can't be a doctor.
1: There you go. Yeah. Narrows it down real pretty quick.
0: Yeah. And then the next thing I wanted to do is architecture. Like I wanted to design luxury, like custom homes. I have always loved houses, like loved them. So that's what I went into school for. And I was an environmental science major, which is kind of, um, it's like, studying the study of architecture at our school and I don't know why I just like wasn't in love with the program I wasn't enjoying all of my class I wasn't enjoying the important classes but I was still enjoying classes that have stuff to do with like building and building techniques so my advisor at the time was like oh well you should try construction science like I really think you would like that better and I loved it like the second that they put me in it so That's how I ended up in construction science.
1: And now what is your goal in the world of construction? Like, what do you want to do?
0: It's the same thing. Like, I want to still work with custom luxury homes.
1: As, like, a superintendent still design, like, you want to, like, are you going to learn, like, um, I forgot what the the program is called, something architect. um, Like, what is, like, where do you want to find your space inside that company?
0: So when I interned, did my internship, um, my boss owned a company who he would get clients who had gone to an architect and they would pay the architect to design their dream home. And then they would come to him with these plans. And they were like, we would love if you would like build our dream house. And he was like, okay. And it's really cool because like you get to, don't get me wrong, like architecture, super cool. But I want to say like 90% of the time, like their plans are never built. They're never like actually put into the world. They're just like plans. Mm -hmm. And so like getting these plans from the architects and actually agreeing to build them, like you get to see these plans that the architect has built and you get to like actually make them come alive, which I think is more cool. And you get to work with the architect. You get to work with the clients and like change stuff in the house. You get to recommend a whole bunch of different stuff. Like What is, like, part of a house usually is completely different by the time that it's done. Like, you can do so many cool construction, like, related things to a house that you would never, like, think of just looking at plans. So, it was more interesting to me. I don't know.
1: So, like, are you... You sound... I don't know. Like, you sound both like a designer, but at the same time like a superintendent.
0: So... Yeah, I don't know the job title of it, but I, like, my dream when I have enough experience is to own, like, a custom home building company. Hmm. So you get to do, like, you get to be a project manager and a superintendent and an estimator and an office office administrator. Like, you get to do all of it. But, like, I really love, like, making the plans, like, go to real life. That's what was interesting to me.
1: I think it's, so I, I built this house.
0: Really,
1: I was a project manager for a local company here in town, and they. I mean, I'm not a construction science background by any means, right? Mm-hmm. So my my take was like, what I loved about it is like you get you get to control this job site and whatever like how people are treated, and how they're like how they're paid, who is paid. I get and had all full control of what trades I use, and then ultimately at the end of the day, I get to say, oh wow, like. I want that fix and this fix, and it's not the the quality that I'm looking for. right you get you get to set your set of standards. Mm-hmm. And it was very much so, a very fun time. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's kind of like what you're at least in the space of looking for. But I think so you have superintendent, and you have construction managers. I think superintendents are the day to day, and then a construction manager oversees that super, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it sounds like more the construction manager world.
0: Well, what's crazy is when you work for, like, such a small company, when there's, like, only, like, five or six employees, everybody does everything. That's a good point. Yeah. So I got to watch everybody do, like, everything, which was really cool. Like, for example, one of the things that they would, um, they would kind of, like, help you out with building your house. Like, they'd be like, do you really want this? Or like, for example, um, they were building a media room and they were like, you should get sound insulation in the walls cause it's right next to your bedroom. Like you'll hear it. So you, they had like custom sound insulation and there's just really cool stuff in a lot of the houses when you get to like work with stuff like that and like build it slowly and you get to meet a lot of people.
1: You get to meet a lot of people. And then the, I think the build slowly part is probably the most attractive part. If you're working like a track home, then everything's just so yeah. fast, so easy to lose sight of quality. Mm-hmm. But if you can have the time and if you have the clientele that respect that time, yes, it's going it's to cost more. But you you feel better about the product and they feel better about the product. There's more attention to detail. Like, it's the way to go, I think.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think I would want to do cookie cutter homes. No.
1: What is like some mandatory things that you would like to have inside of your quote-unquote dream home.
0: My dream house? Oh, double doors. I'm a sucker for double doors for the front door.
1: Okay, okay. Um, yeah. What
0: else? I don't know. I've never really, like, thought about it. Like, after working with that company and you just see so many different types of houses and so many different, like, things and styles... I really don't even know what kind of style, like, house I want anymore. Like, I, I like each of them in their own way, which kind of sucks, but, like,
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> I, true. I get it. Like, looking at some of those binders for just lighting
0: uh-huh.
1: packages, it was, like, just an insane number of yeah. different lighting fixtures. And I was like, this, this is too much. And like, oh Ben, this is just one book. Mm-hmm. There are multiple books. I I could not choose. Yeah. That's too much. I would rather like give someone creative rights and say, hey, these are some things that I want. Let me know how it goes.
0: Yeah. I don't think I would ever design my own house. I think I would just tell them what I would want because I would not be able to sit down and actually like finish my dream house. Like I would just keep changing stuff and then it would be a completely new house. Each time I and, touched it.
1: And then, like, triple the cost. You're like, yeah. you've made all these changes, you need all these change orders, it's going to cost this much.
0: Exactly. Now. Shit. Oh, well.
1: yeah, not, yeah. Can't, can't pay for it. anymore. Tell me about what would... Who is Avery in, like, growing up? Hmm. What kind of kid were you?
0: Um... I don't know. So I lived in Houston. Wow. I was born in Cyprus. That's where my dad's from. Okay. So I was born in Cyprus and then we moved to Sugarland, And then my parents ended up getting divorced when I was in first grade. And we moved to San Antonio because that's where my mom's family's from. And... I feel like I've had to go through a lot of things that, like, other people haven't. So the reason, I grew up in a really religious home. So my mom and dad are, like, super into the church. My dad's family is super religious. And then my mom's family is, like, very, um, her dad was really high in the Air Force. So my mom was, like, this picture-perfect kid. And it's crazy because my mom and dad are complete opposites. They met at Baylor. And my mom was a librarian. And my dad was on the baseball team. Like,
1: Complete right? like, I
0: was like, mom, like you were a, like, you were cool. Like you were a librarian dating a baseball player. Like, like you had the life. And she's like, yeah, but we were opposites in college and we knew it. But the reason they ended up getting divorced is because my dad ended up get like becoming an alcoholic and he's not anymore. Like he's worked really hard and it's been like a while, like years since he's had a drink. But my mom came to the conclusion that it wasn't something that she wanted us around, which I think was the right decision, but there's, like, so many things that I look at, like, around me now where I'm, like, oh, like, I don't really care for that. Like, that's why I've never liked partying. I've never, like, done drugs. I have i didn't have my first sip of alcohol until I, like, graduated high school, and my mom made me, like, work for everything I had, so... In, like, ways I was, like, I wish I, like, had things that these other kids had. But looking, like, back and, like, looking at what I have now because I've earned it myself, I'm, like, this is so much more important to me. Like, I can say I bought my own car and, like, be proud of it. Or I can say I take care of my dog all by myself. And I don't know. So there's a lot of things I went through, like, growing up, like, family issues and stuff like that that definitely made me a better person like coming from a negative situation like very grateful for it i don't know how to explain it.
1: (laughs) i think you did a good job i think okay good (laughs) that seems to be maybe not a trend but so far a trend with a lot of the people that i talked to it's like the guy yesterday when he was 13 he saw a guy get shot in the face and it was like the first time I've ever seen someone get killed. And then now he you know, he's been he's been successful now, but it's like you can take this negative opportunity or this negative circumstance and then perpetuate it and continue like now you become the alcoholic, or you can choose to to make it better, right? Mm-hmm. And and it sounds like your mom kinda saw that and then realized we're gonna make it better. Yeah. So kudos to your mom.
0: Yeah, she's she's definitely like the strict parent, but she's very smart with stuff. So I'll give her that. But my dad is like my best friend. I'm closer with my dad, and my sister's closer with my mom. Nice. Yeah.
1: Was it hard growing up with a strict parent? Like, did does it make you, like did it make you upset a lot of times?
0: Yeah. And I I don't know like at the same time like that was my normal but like looking back i'm like my mom was so strict but i also <laughs> i also think now that like i'm kind of an adult and i could have like my own kid within like the next 5 years i'm like i would be the same way with my kid like no lie i would be the same way cuz i know what i was doing as a kid like i don't <laughs> i don't trust any any kid that age no and the thing is, like, I wouldn't even say I was a bad kid, too. Like, I knew what my friends were doing, and I was like, I don't want my kids to be like you. Like, I loved them as a friend, but, like, I, oh, my gosh, I would go to parties, and I was, like, what, what you would say the DD in high school. Like, these, like, little 14 and 15-year-olds were, like, sitting there getting super drunk drinking or, like, doing drugs and, like, running around town, and their parents had no idea. And my mom was, like, tracking me. And I was like, I'm tracking my kid, too. Like, I'm going to know what they're doing. So I get, like, why she did half the stuff she did.
1: My mom would track me as well and was like, take a picture of who you're with at the house. And if the parent's there, then I want the the parents in the picture, too. And send it to me as soon as you get there. Mm -hmm. And so I would get to their house and we would all stand in front of the photo and, like, take a picture in front of the mirror and then send it. And then we would do whatever we were going to do anyway. Yeah. But it was like constantly being reminded that, oh, no, we're we're watching. We're paying attention. And it was nice to have. And I wish I would have valued it more at the time. Because at the time, I absolutely hated it. Yeah. It was like, leave me. I'm just hanging out with my friends. But they knew what I was doing. Yeah. I was the kid that was drinking. And so <laughs> they knew... But I was like, I'm going to get a, oh, I'm smarter than them. They're not going to find out. I'll roll the windows down when I get home. It's the weirdest thing. I I think being a parent, like you really do know. My mom was always like, I know what I have. Like, don't bullshit me. Yeah. I know what I got. And I hate that she's right most of the time. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: she's like, you came out of me. I know you. Better than anybody else. Yeah. And it's nice to have that person that you can always really go to. And, like, if you let out all your your shit and you're honest, they're like, okay, well, this is maybe where you fucked up and this is how you could have been better and I still love you. Like, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Know? And I think it's – the older I get, the more that I value it.
0: Do you think – are you all still really close?
1: We were very not close. For a certain period of time. And probably like when I got out of high school and got my first couple years of college, I was very upset with them because all of the friends in my community or all the the people in my community had all this either financial knowledge and then finances in general. And my grandfather had a very successful business where they made a lot of money. And so like it was like I was like, why didn't you all do what he did? Right, why didn't you all create a bank account or investment accounts or a Texas Tomorrow fund? And like was so mad at him for the things that they didn't do. And the more that I think about it, I was like, Well, they just didn't have the time. they didn't have the money. They didn't mm-hmm. like Mama was like, I saw my dad as an alcoholic who went around town who cheated and like was not nice. That's like that's not the life I wanna live. I wanted to live something that was super neutral and go to work and come home. That's yeah. it. And so I can appreciate now the simplicity of of what she wanted, but in the moment, it was very frustrating because I was just, and I was just angry. Like, why would you not think about this? If you're going to have kids, you have to put some things into place to make sure that they're successful too. And I still think that it is important to have those things. Like if you're going to have a kid, think for the next 18 years mm-hmm. okay what is that gonna look like do we need can i start a roth ira for my kid and how does that look can i start a texas tomorrow fund you know like make sure that by the time quote unquote me or the kid gets into college they aren't like slammed with debt yeah to the point where i was so worried about trying not to ask them for money that I was going to figure out any other way that I could and not in always the best way. And so I think I can see where they were coming from and I can give them love. But at the same time, I can get upset now because I think I see them like, okay, I, I could get it a little bit more. I can call my mom and have a more real conversation and I think her also be more accepting of my... My personality and being a little... I have an aggressive, like, forward personality. I really don't like that, you know? like I'm, yeah. not, I'm just going to tell her it is what it is. And she has been much more open to it. And today, I probably I we had a conversation. It was probably one of my favorite conversations we've had in a while. Today? Mm-hmm.
0: Yay! It,
1: it felt good. It felt, it felt like I kind of, like, had that relationship with mom again. Because she used to be the person that would pick me up from practice every day. Yeah. And I'd get our school got fined for training too much. We were doing 40 hours a week of football um, on top of our 40 hours a week of, of school, right? And so oh 8 to 5 school and then before you got to school you would be in practice and then after practice your first period's football and then after school and you're like either your last period's football or it's like some bullshit class or you just go to football practice and then we're there till 9:30 at night. And it was every day Saturdays that were volunteer voluntary but everyone they were yeah if, you, if you're not going you're not playing yeah uh, and she would be the person that would take me in the mornings and pick me up in the afternoon at night mm-hmm. and we'd always like drive on the way so how was school how was this and like I loved it I loved it you know it was like some of my favorite memories hanging out with mom and, and like sitting inside the car inside the garage and like I'm going through something rough and this is what I'm going through. What do you think? I loved it. So it was nice to kind of like get back to that a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah, yeah, step in the right direction.
0: Yeah. I was on the phone with my mom today too. She just randomly called me because she was like, how's class? I was like, it's still boring, mom. Like nothing's <laughs> going on yet.
1: <laughs> did you, Did you, have you always had a good, I mean, I know you said you're, you're no. best friends with your dad. But yeah. how was, what was your relationship with your mom?
0: I want to say me and my mom are very similar in a lot of ways but we're similar in like the negative ways like we butt heads all the time. So, I got my stubbornness from the, my mom which is a very good thing for me because I'm very stubborn about certain things like I won't let myself fail at a lot of stuff. Like all like I I just won't. But I'm also stubborn in like the bad ways where I'm just like, no, like, I know I'm right, so I'm going to do it, and then I'm wrong. But that's that's what I like to do. Like, I like figuring it out on my own, yeah. which I got from her. Um, I'm also, like, very smart financially because of her. My mom was, like – like, she was a single mom. I was in first grade when my parents got divorced. So she's always been, like, super strict, like, super good at budgeting – And has like explained to me, like made me work for everything that I've like had. So I'm thankful for that because like I'm going to graduate college and I'm in a budgeting class right now. And when I tell you 90% of my classmates right now are like, what's a budget? I should have a savings account. Like my credit score. What's that? And I'm like, no way. Yes. And they're like literally graduating this semester. And I'm like, how do y'all not know this? And um, so I've had this professor before. So he, like, knows that I work. Like, he knows me on a personal level a little. Like, he knows more about me than, like, the other students. Because he's also friends with my boss that I worked with on my internship. Nice. Yeah. And so he – there was, like, one thing that said everybody should – I think it's 67% of Americans have trouble, like, coming up with $1,000, like, for an emergency. Like, 67% of Americans cannot pay for an $1,000 emergency. Like, that's terrifying, right? And I was sitting there and I was like, thank God, like, my mom taught me how to save money because I definitely, like, have money for an emergency. I mean, I have a savings account for my dog. Like, if something happens to my dog, like, he has money to, like, get better nice yeah so that's why I'm like I'm so glad my mom made me like pre-think mm. certain things so I got that from her too
1: do you th- would you consider that OCD
0: I would say it's definitely a negative thing sometimes because sometimes I'm so scared to like take off a Saturday or something just because in my head I'm like oh like I'm losing three to five hundred dollars because I want to go hang out with my friends. But at the same time, like, this is my last year in college, and I feel like I shouldn't be scared to take off a shift from work to go hang out with my friends, you know? So I butt heads
1: with that a lot. So maybe not, an like, maybe not OCD, but a conflicting thing. I don't know yeah. if I'd consider it negative, because I think that having balance is important. I mean, do you have, would you say you have pretty good balance with, no? No. Okay, well then, there you go.
0: Like, work has always always been above my personal life and it has definitely like affected relationships I've been into like the last one I was in like his parents help him a little like they pay his rent and stuff so we would like kind of clash heads with like understanding why money was like way more important to me or like why I needed to work a shift But after we, like, broke up, I was, like, okay, like, I kind of understand, like, why he wanted me to take a Sunday off. Like, it's important for you to just, like, enjoy life sometimes rather than stressing about work. And I wouldn't even say I was, like, stressed about work because I've always had, like, a savings account. But in my head, it's, like, I can have more and more and more. Like, I'll feel safer the more I have. But sometimes that's, like, not the most important thing. So...
1: Sometimes your mental health or your relationships, your social circle, yeah, is more important. Sometimes, not always, right? It Depends on like what you guys are gonna go out and do and all those things. Like, I think is it you don't you don't really like get plastered or anything like that. But if you were to compare like going out and getting plastered versus staying in staying in at work, it seems like staying in at work is probably the better of the two scenarios.
0: Yeah, but I feel like I have, like, almost no memories for a college student. Like, I've worked I've worked three jobs for the past four years at the same time. Like, I've missed out on so much. And what can I say? Like, I have a nice car. Like, I have a nice house for a college kid. Like, I have a savings account. But, like...
1: Adult shit? Things that people, Yeah, make, like,
0: things that matter, but at yeah. the same time, like... I'm also on my last semester, so this semester I've kind of realized, like, oh, like, I wish I did do that with my friends. Like, money isn't everything. Like, I'd rather have good relationships with people. Because when I I do have a day off, sometimes I feel like I don't have anyone to ask to do stuff, if that makes sense. Like, I've missed out on so many potential relationships.
1: I think that I'm the opposite. Really? While I was in college, I was definitely more of the... Never go to class, spend all my money, and <laughs> have a good time. My, my grandma gave me a pretty big lump sum when I first got to college. Uh-huh. And I definitely lived my life. And a lot of those relationships ended up being revolved around the party life. Uh-huh. And so whenever you get back into regular life, They're not really around as much. Or they're harder and less often that you communicate. And even if you are communicating, it's usually back around those things.
0: Yeah.
1: Now the friends and people that I meet and and friends that I have, it's like at the gym or through work. And those relationships are so much more valuable. Like the lady I met with today, Casey, who came on my podcast two days ago. Mm Mm-hmm runs a marketing team she has her own marketing she's a marketing consulting company and she's like hiring her next person has an intern she's twenty seven as a at a professor at Colorado State University like successful right and even if you think about just successes on like on a sheet of paper and that and and that's what success may be. She's do. She's making progress towards a better life for herself, her family, and her. She, she's not married. She's not married, but she has a, a relationship. But for her, her, either quote unquote family or future family, mm-hmm. uh, she's doing all that work now. So by the time she's gotten to that point where she can go out and have a good time and have drinks, and the work's already been done. Like, you don't got to worry about it anymore. Yeah. You know, like you've set the foundation for yourself. Like you don't have to worry about getting a job somewhere. Like you. Are skilled. You understand those things. You can present yourself well. I think a lot of those things are self-confidence-building things that you're like. I bought my own car. I pay for my own school. I don't have debt. Like, those are huge things that most people cannot come out of school saying. Yeah. I th- I think that, even though it might feel, like you missed out, I. Don't think entirely the things that you missed out on are, are like, that big of a deal. I mean, you're still so young. I mean, I don't think we're that different in age. I don't think, like, I'm older than you. But if you decided that you want to go back to college today, start all over again and be a nutrition major, you have the time to do Let's even say you wanted to be a construction science Right, You're going to graduate. You spend the next 15 years in that field. And then decide, you know what? I think I want to do something else. I want to go be a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. Six years later, eight years later, six, four, five, six, six years later, you're through your RD and you can practice for another 30 years. Like you got time to still make friends, have relationships and live life.
0: I know. But at the same time, I feel like you're only young for so long. And that's kind of hit me in the face because... I work at, like, a restaurant that depends on, like, me being a young girl. So in a lot of ways, like, I make amazing money for a college student, but it's like, well, I can only make this money for so long. And then I'm kind of just, like, thrown out into the real world, like, once I graduate. So that terrifies me, too.
1: I think you'll probably make (laughs) more money.
0: I won't. Mm Mm-mm.
1: Are you clearing six... I mean, are you clearing six Almost, figures? yeah. Okay. And then
0: starting salary for construction science is like 67000 starting in a college.
1: Average, sure.
0: Yeah. But I make more now than I will when I graduate, which scares me.
1: <laughs> I can see how that's scary, but I think you are you might not be taking too into consideration bonuses.
0: That's true. And like benefits.
1: Do you not get benefits?
0: I get discounted food. <laughs> Twin Peaks. Our food is really
1: good. <laughs> good food. Come on, Twin Peaks. <laughs> I mean, I think like a lot of my, not a lot, a significant portion of the income that I, was, that I was making was bonuses. Like, yeah, you're given a certain salary, but you bonus on every project. And depending on the price of the project, you're, you're bonusing that much more.
0: That's true. I guess I never thought about it like that. That's
1: usually why they're so low. Oh,
0: that makes sense.
1: I think you'll be okay. okay. You'll come out making more than you think. It's gonna take time though, right? So you you come into a project, you're not you're not closing on it on a project immediately, right? Yeah. And not every company does that. But there is one guy who's building for like American custom homes or something and he would travel the nation building homes, high custom end homes. And he was getting paid like fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year with but would bonus about a quarter about four hundred thousand dollars a year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that, but his bonus was paid at the end of the year, he bonus four hundred grand and throughout the year he's getting paid five, six hundred bucks. Yeah. Five dollars five, six hundred thousand. Or five fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year.
0: Dang. I know there's that's why I do love the construction field. There's so many like ways to build like up in it. Or like so many different positions you can do. So I'm excited about that, but I'm also just so nervous because I've done the same thing for five years. Like I've been a student and a server, like I'm so used to it.
1: I think that all skills are transferable. So like you have skills, the communication, the thinking on your feet, problem solving. Even though the, the vehicle looks, I mean, it's a glass or it's a it's it's a, a customer specifically like a bar individual sitting somebody sitting at the bar who's like calling you drinks or whatever, whatever it might be or a drunk college student vomiting on the thing like <laughs> it, it's a problem that needs to be fo- solved and you have to be quick with it yeah it's the same thing here it's the same thing in construction now instead of it being inside of a bar now you're inside of a house right now you have to look at the frame figure out the issues and then a lot of times your subs they know what they're doing especially at that high end of a place like you know a lot of nuances, but they've been practicing for how long, you know? like Years, yeah. They, like, they know their stuff. Like I think I love to do – what I did was give my all my trust to these people that – especially because I don't have the background – that know more than me. And my cleaner, my, my painter, my whatever, they know more than I do. They're going to have a different eye than I do. What do you all need? You know, like, how can I help you all?
0: yeah.
1: Make it easy for them and they'll make it easy for you. I think you already know that. Like, you already do those things. It's just going to be maybe different if you're moving to a new place and learning that and, like, having fun on the beach and, like, that's fun. That's different. But, like, you've already set a foundation of understanding, like, how money works and then how people work. So you can build relationships in any direction you want, whether it be in work or in, like quote unquote play like if you go out you I love dance classes if you go to dance classes like you meet people like it's the same thing
0: yeah I definitely have learned good communication skills from like working in the service industry so I'm thankful for that but I I also think I'm very confident like say behind the bar because I know exactly what I'm doing and like I know the restaurant I know the food I know the drinks I can recommend good stuff and then like say on my internship I kind of felt powerless because there's so much that I realized that I like don't know and I feel like I can't feel confident in what I'm doing until I really know what I'm doing so that's what I'm scared for when I graduate is just like making sure that I'm getting enough experience and like actually learning enough from the experience that I'm going to be getting.
1: I think getting the right job with the right group. Yeah. Right? That's ultimately (laughs) what it is. If they allow you to have space to learn and, like, are big on education and patient with you.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And I think the opportunity is there. But how did you feel when you first started bartending? The first place behind the bar?
0: I was terrified. I actually did not want to be a bartender. Yeah. I was like, no. I don't want to do it. Like, that's scary. And then you do it. And it's, like, the easiest thing in the world. But what's crazy is people that aren't bartenders, like will still like say to me, they're like, that looks so hard. Like, how do you remember all these drinks? And I'm like, it's the easiest thing in the world. But I, that's how, that's what anybody would say when they have experience over something. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just going to take time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm confident for you. I think you're going to you. do great. Yeah. I'm
0: excited. It's like five months away.
1: That's so short of a time.
0: I know. Trust me. I have, like, stress crying about it, too. I'm excited and stressed and scared.
1: Are you certain you're going to be moving over to Florida?
0: Yeah. I think so. I know for a fact, like, I only want to go for a year because while I'm still young, I want to push myself to do something that, like, is completely out of my comfort zone because I've always... Like, I'm afraid of change. That's just, like, how I am as a person. So that's why I'm making myself go somewhere. But I'm also terrified that, like, I might be really sad there because I don't know anybody. Or, like, I don't know where I'm going. Or, like, people are going to be different. Like, that terrifies me. But at the same time, like, I want to be able to say I've lived somewhere else other than Texas. Like, I just don't want to run home where my family is, if that makes sense. I want to go, like, do something for me after I graduate. And moving somewhere different was what I wanted to do, so.
1: I feel like it's something that I hear a lot, especially coming out of this town. Yeah. And (laughs) I want to understand a little bit more that idea of, like, wanting to do things while I'm still young. I understand, like, doing things for me is important, right? But doing, and maybe because I'm... I'm still here, right? I never thought I was going to stay here. I, I wanted to move too. And I'm also not, I'm, I'm adverse to change as well, to a certain degree. I mean, I've changed entire careers now three times. So not necessarily adverse, but kind of. What is the, let's say you move for one year and you love it.
0: That's what a lot of people have said to me. They're like, you're gonna stay.
1: <laughs> then it's not one year. You're like But then be... I'll stay. Do you do you not love it here?
0: Um, I think I've been here too long. Like I've outgrown college station. So that's why I wanna go somewhere else. And I love the people here. Like I love the small town feel. I've always liked that. But at the same time, I feel like this is such a small town that like everybody like thinks that they know everything about you, or like I'll go somewhere and they're like, oh, like you, you 10. Like everybody just knows everybody in this town, and like I'm love the people that I'm friends with, but I'm also ready to just meet new people because I've just been here for so long, and it's one of those, it's one of those towns that you just see everybody pass through, like the majority of people pass through, and all of my friends, like I'm seeing them. Like, going and working already, because they graduated, like, two years ago on time. And I'm like, oh, I want to go do that. But I'm still here. Like, you know? I don't know.
1: Man, I think that's fair. Yeah. I, th- I wish that I could relate a little bit more and, like, have that same feeling. My automatic thing is, like, well, what if you're just in the same circles? If you're in the same circles and you do the same thing when you get to Florida... Then you're going to see the same people and it's going to become another small town after a certain amount of time.
0: That's true.
1: But if I, like, I, at one point, like, I only lived on that side of town, right? I lived near the university and around that area. Uh-huh. And then I moved over to this side of Bryan. Uh, and then I moved over off 1179. And it was, a di- like, an entirely different set of people. Like, oh,
0: different town. Like, you feel like you're somewhere else.
1: Entirely. Yeah. And, like the CEO of this company, this guy who sold, the guy who's, like, triangular um, location, uh, so how people find, like, how, like, your, 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 like location's located off of three different uh, satellite systems. Mm -hmm. The guy lives here. He sold it to Verizon, and now it's, like, this huge company, right, but, or the huge idea, and he just lives down the street. And I think that's, like, there's a lot of really, really cool people that live here. Oh, yeah. That if you're not, like, in that space, then it's so easy to get caught in what looks like such a dull college town.
0: Yeah. I feel like I'm still stuck in the dull college town because I'm still in college, but I feel like when you work in the service industry, like I've seen so many different like sides of this town because so many different sides of people, like from different areas of the town will come sit like at my bar so I get to, like, meet all of them. Point. Yeah. And I don't know. I just, like, I go to the same places every single day. And I'm a very routine person. And I recently was, like, I'm very bored of my routine. And I think it's just because I'm just ready to, like, go experience something else. So.
1: Why that side? Why Florida and not California?
0: So California is really expensive. Fair. Um, I did want to move to Arizona cause I have some family that lives there. Um, I just decided it was actually Tennessee, Florida, or Arizona, and I always wanted to live in Tennessee. I wanted to move back up to the mountains. Um, I don't like the cold weather at all. So I decided against it.
2: Sure.
0: Um, I'm also not a really big city person and a lot of the places I love in Tennessee are very, very small towns where I knew I would have trouble like finding a job or something. So I voted that one out. And then I've gone to Florida a few times for like vacation and stuff with my friends and I've just always had good memories there and like the presence of the area I really liked. So I was like, I think I'm going to go to Florida just because like I don't know anybody there. Like I just want to do that. So I decided on Tampa because, um, it's like a cheaper big city there. So that's just what I decided.
1: I hope that it works out. Like, I hope that it's everything. I hope that it's not just one year.
0: I mean, but if it doesn't work out, it's only one year.
1: Do you think it's like a safety within your own brain? Like an, like an easy out? If I give myself a year, then I don't have to stay.
0: I think it's a checklist, kind of. Like, well, you are here for a year, so make the most of it. And if I do like it, like, of course, I'll end up staying. But all of my family is in Texas. Like, I have one step sibling that lives in Arizona, and that's it. Everybody else is in Texas. And I feel like as you get older, like, of course, family is more important to you. And I love my family, so I do want to eventually be closer to them. So I will move back to Texas 100%. But I don't know. Just not yet. Yeah, I think I want to go have my own little vacation for a year in Florida.
1: I mean, that'd be the life. I know. I'm go excited. by the beach, hang out, bartend.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I
1: don't think you can ask for a more relaxed time. I've heard Florida's pretty wild. So I you know. So you have some like pretty fun stories at the bar.
0: I'm excited about it.
1: I, I want to hear about your fitness journey as well.
0: I don't really have one. No? I mean, I ran track in high school and middle school.
1: Okay. What did you run?
0: I ran hurdles. So like 300 and 100 meter hurdles. And then I did long jump and high jump.
1: It's a hard run.
0: Oh my gosh. The 300 meter hurdles, like after I would run it, I would taste like copper in my throat. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I've just like always liked fitness, but I'm not going to lie. I've definitely like bounced in and out of it. Like, during COVID, I got back into it because there wasn't really anything to do except, like, work and work out because everybody in this town was gone. There was, like, one person I hung out with that stayed. Every All of my friends, like, went back home to, like, live with their parents yeah. again. Um, and then it just really depends. Like, when I let myself get too comfortable, I'll go, like, a whole month without working out. And then I'll just jump back into it, and it's, like, five days a week. So right now I probably run like two to four miles a day, except Saturdays. That Saturday is like my work day. So I just let myself chill that day because I usually work a double so I can't work out.
1: Rough. <laughs> yeah. Why running?
0: Um, I think it's because I don't think I'm educated enough about certain weights or techniques or something. And... I think the gyms are so busy in this town now that it's hard to kind of go to the gym and just, like, play around and, like, figure stuff out. Like, that kind of scares me. So I do go to Orange Theory, like, twice a week. So they'll, like, help me with circuits and stuff. But if I'm going to the gym, like, by myself, I'm really just going to stick to, like, cardio and abs and running because I know how to do that. Like, I learned that in track. But the weightlifting and stuff – I want to get into it, but I'm also, like, scared to get into it because I don't know what I'm doing.
1: It's complex. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I'll give you a free session.
0: Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. Don't laugh at me.
1: I won't. I, it's, <laughs> I'm I, so weak. I did it for, like, a living.
0: That's true. You know, like,
1: I saw all different kinds of people from all different ages. Like, six-year-olds all the way to 78, 79, I think, my oldest client. Yeah. So I've seen lots of different people.
0: Okay, good. We'll
1: talk about it after. Okay. <laughs> I just, I've, I don't know, I see you as, like, somebody who was in the gym in, like, high school, like, getting after it.
0: Um, I mean, I did weight room, like, every, like, three days a week. But I just never took that seriously. Like, if I was to do it now, I would take it way more serious. Like, in the weight room, it was me and my teammates just goofing off. Like, we just, we had to do something to leave so we would just rush through it or like fake doing it to leave and then like go to class or get out of practice early like it wasn't something I really took seriously
1: so what did did you focus on during
0: just running (laughs) like we would have hurdle practice so I would really pay attention in hurdle practice but when we were like in the weight room I was like, I don't need this. Now that I'm older, I know, like, it's important to build muscle to be a good athlete and run. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, this is stupid. Like, I want to run. Like, I don't want to get muscle. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I think that's most women. Like, yeah. I want to look all big and bulky and then look unattractive, it's like, no, actually, that's not the It'll way physiology you. works. Yeah. <laughs> you only have so much testosterone, you have more estrogen. Yeah. Yeah. I want to try something.
0: What? Oh, my soda?
1: I want to try your soda. It's so good. Yeah. So, I want to try Diet Dr. Brown's, the original cream soda, flavor, favorite for generations.
0: Pew, pew, Wait, do you like cream soda? Yeah. Okay, good. I don't want to spell it. The fish. Cheers. Fifth. Cheers. Yeah. Okay. But it tastes just like cream soda, and it's zero calories. It's gotten a little warm, but it's amazing. It's a little warm, but it's... That is good. That's really good. Right?
1: I always wonder about how much... What are these things called? Aspartame affects you. What's that? It's the sweetener. Oh. That's what makes it all sweet. So some people really don't like the the aftertaste of aspartame that sits on your tongue.
0: Yeah, I can kind of taste it a little bit.
1: I don't taste it very much with this one. Really? To be honest with you, I feel like with, is it, I think, I guess Diet Coke, you, I feel like it's like in your face. And then Coke Zero is even worse. I forget what they use in Coke Zero, but not a big fan. I don't even just have regular Coke, to be honest, but I don't really oh, yeah. like to have Coke very often. This is pretty
0: good. Yeah. I'm not a big soda person, but I like that. And Big Red is probably... Big Red and Root Beer are my favorite sodas if I drink soda.
1: Big Red and Root Beer. I feel like both of those remind me of, like, being a kid.
0: Yeah. I still like them.
1: (laughs) Do you feel like you're still a kid? Like, do you want to, like, you hold on to that energy?
0: Yeah, but... I think it's because I've always given myself until I graduate and then I'll consider myself an adult. Cause I definitely still have like kid perks. Like my dad still pays for my phone. I'm still on my mom's health insurance. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> um I only have like what is it, twenty five? Twenty six. Oh. Then I have an extra year more than I thought. Boom. Yeah. What else? I don't know. I'm definitely also the kid of the family. Like I'm the youngest one out of my four step siblings and my sister. I'm the baby. So I definitely get treated like I'm the baby sometimes.
1: It must be nice.
0: Yeah. I love it. I don't want to say I'm spoiled or anything, but they act more interested in my life than like they do in my sisters. Cause they're all like married with kids and they're like, how's college? Like, what are you up to? What are you doing? Like, I feel like they're kind of living through me when they ask me questions.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's like my, I have my youngest the last one in the house and she's still in college and they it's like my she's my mom my sister will call my mom her best friend what's up best friend Aww. what's up girl and it's like this weird relationship that i'm like if we were kids like you like that would have never been us like my older sister or not my older sister but the older sister still younger but um she's number three so i'm number there's one two three and four i'm number two uh, older brother uh one younger sister on island christina um and Christina, they're just like, let her do whatever she wants. <laughs> and, like, give her all the benefits. She's in the house, no rent. It's just a – and, like, the communication is different. Yeah. Very different between parents and her versus us.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't say my communication mm. – uh, no, I'm definitely, like, daddy's little girl. Like, definitely my dad's favorite. But – My sister's my mom's favorite, so it's equal, you know? There
1: you go. It balances out. Yeah. So you're, there's, you say four Mm step-siblings and your sister, what is the order? Where is your sister in that order?
0: So it's, um, it's me, (laughs) last one in college. And then it's my stepsister Annie. And she's like, I think a year and a half, two years older than me. So it's not like a huge difference. But she was also not planned. So like her siblings are like way older. Um, so it's gonna be her. and then my sister is about to turn 27, like in May. And then she should be like she's dating the person she's gonna marry already. So and then my stepsister Annie's married already. She's the one above me. So it's me, Annie, my sister. And then there's Nate, who's married, and they're, like, trying for a kid. And he is, like, 28, 27. Okay. And then Rebecca and then Zach. And Zach's our oldest, and they're trying for baby number two. Like, all of my step-siblings are, like, married with kids almost, yeah. all of them. Um, he's, like, 34 or 35, I'm pretty sure. So I'm, like, the baby baby. Like, there's a pretty big age difference in all of us. Like, it goes from, like... 24, like almost 10 years between all of us.
1: Not the most that I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. Not the most, but.
1: I had a client who was, she was 21 and her brother was like five or six. Mm-hmm.
2: That's
1: And cute. dad was like 55. Like when they're like, oops. Yeah. Oh, well, here we go. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine being that old and being a father. And you're, you're gonna be like 70 when that kid finally like graduates college. Yeah. Do you wanna have kids?
0: Yeah, I want two. Why two? I don't know. I think it's just because I got raised with two. And when, so the four step siblings are all my stepdads. Like they had like a big four kid family home. And then when they joined the family, I feel like it just got so hectic. Like, everything just gets more hectic the more kids that there are. Usually, yeah. So, two kids to me is, like, they have a friend for each other. And that's all they need. Like, <laughs> that's okay. I like it. Yeah. Did well, you like growing up with three other siblings? Like, were y'all close?
1: We were close. And there's, like big separation times for all of them so i really don't talk to my siblings pretty much at all now mm-hmm. every once in a while i'll talk to my youngest sister but pretty much not at all at all um so my older brother and i had a really good relationship uh like he's the person that i felt like i could talk to the most but then once i got into college we had a a um an events that, that really, like, set us on different ways. And since then, we try, like, I continue to try to reach out and try to build that relationship. But he was like, I don't really know who you are anymore. I'm, I'm good. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And I was like, oh, Lord. Like, it. that one, that one really hurt. Um, so don't really talk to him at all. He's autistic, so he's a little bit weird. But it's still, like still an asshole at times. There's no need to be a, an asshole and give, you know, like, I think you can be autistic and be a regular person, but he's, like, just like an asshole. Like, why you got to be so mean, dude? Uh, so that's him. And then the younger sister, Don't never really had much of a relationship with her outside of, like, me being, like, a, a kid and, like, us playing, like, house or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. kiddos. And then the last one... It's always been kind of touch and go. When I was in undergrad, pretty much no conversation. And then as I got older, I started to have more conversations with her. So I'll see her. She'll be in Katy this weekend for a band thing. She's in band. So she'll be presenting out there. But my mom doesn't want me to go, so I'm going to wait.
0: She doesn't want you to go? No. Why?
1: My dad's mom is passing away. Oh. Uh, so she got into hospice and my mom was like, it's probably good that you just go ahead and stay in College Station. I'll hang out with your dad and then um, and we'll we'll hang out with your sister. Like, it'll be a small gathering for, yeah. for us, like a little more intimate. So I was like, all right, that's, that's cool.
0: Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I don't, I don't really know her. don't really know my, like, that grandma. So I don't know. I feel, I feel like I should care more and I don't and I feel bad for it. But, I really don't know who she is.
0: Yeah, I get that.
1: Is that how you are with your...
0: Um, no, but, like, with my stepdad's side of the family, um, his dad passed away, and it was, it was, like, really heartbreaking to everyone else, but, like, I feel like I didn't get to know him enough for... Like, I still cared. He was really sweet, but I only met him so many times. So there's... I just can relate to it, I guess. like, I didn't know him enough for me to just be absolutely heartbroken, but I was still sad because I knew he was a good person.
1: I think the worst I've ever felt about some somebody's death was our dog when I was a kid, mm. which is probably not the nicest thing. I feel like I should probably have, like, other people in my life that have been like, oh, man, but <laughs> not even that. Like, I just remember that dog. Zena was her name. Yeah. That was probably like, I was like, why God? Like, why could you take this animal from us? Like the most beautiful dog and just caring. And that did more, like, did more hurt to me than anybody really ever has. Mm. It's kind of weird.
0: No, I think my dog's my soul dog. The one I have now. So maybe she was your soul dog.
1: Maybe. This guy's a little, little hectic at times. He's just a lot of energy.
0: Oh, the dog you have now? Boomer. I like him.
1: He's a good boy. Lovely. Just crazy. Good dog. <laughs> just crazy. Just so much energy. And I think it would be helpful because, I'm, because I go out and I do so many things. I'm always working. I'm always out doing things. I'm always meeting with people doing something that whenever I get home, it's, like, that same energy. And by the time I get home, I'm, like, I just want a moment
0: No, I know exactly what you mean. My dog's the same way.
1: Really? Even as a Great Dane?
0: Oh, yeah. He, like, don't get me wrong, he sleeps, like, 16 hours out of the day. But I'm, like, working so much or going to school so much that when I do get home, he wants me to play with him for, like, 30 minutes. And he still runs around like a puppy. Like, he can... And he's big, so he hurts me when he jumps on me. <laughs>
1: That's a big puppy. Yeah. That's a, a big scary puppy. big puppy. Like 100 pounds? Um,
0: he's 145.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. Holy Love shit.
0: Him. And he takes up half the bed. I let him sleep with me. And I feel like he's so old, I can't, like, tell him he can't sleep with me anymore. That would just be rude.
1: That would be a little bit rude. Exactly. Like, he's already grown up with it. he be like, yeah. Mom, what are you, like, what? What? Yeah
0: love
1: him i like i like letting boomer sleep in the bed as well and i i feel like i read things you say like you're not supposed to but i don't know like he doesn't last very long he's not you know like he's only here for a very short period of time
0: yeah
1: and i'm all he's got you know it's just me and him so
0: yeah that's how i am with my dog like if i had a boyfriend or a husband or something i wouldn't let a huge great dane sleep with us sorry
2: but you're
1: you're (laughs) off to the side now someone's replaced you yeah
0: oh my dog like my sister has spent the night and he loves to be in the middle like he will squeeze his way in between like uh he's crazy that's
1: pretty fucking cute
0: yeah he's he's the best but he's annoying like i'll wake up to him like clawing my back because he's like stretching in his sleep and i'm like tyson move over
1: (laughs) i want a picture of tyson
0: i have one i can show you let's see
1: I like I, I like great danes. they they just they seem like little sweetie pies. They're just big old little sweetie pies.
0: He is so sassy though. Like Great Danes are really loyal to their owners, so there's some people he just does not like. He's cute.
1: Oh, wow. That is a cutie.
0: Yeah, he's the best heap. I'm telling you though he sleeps all the time. I wish I had pictures of him like sleeping. He's so big. But he was actually the runt of the litter. Isn't that crazy?
1: <laughs> you know, they always say the dogs that you choose. how did you how did you find him?
0: So, um, I think it was like puppy dot com or find puppy or I always knew when I went to college I wanted like a great day, and it was always my dream dog growing up because my mom wasn't a dog person and I was. So I like, found this litter in Dallas, and I actually wanted his brother, and his brother was huge, had beautiful blue eyes, um, and I was, like, well, I want him, and the lady was, like, well, you can't, like, claim the puppies, because I wasn't, like, I told her I wanted a puppy from the litter, but I couldn't pick it up for another two months, like, until I moved into my first, like, college apartment by myself, and so... I ended up driving down and someone had bought the dog that I wanted like the day before.
1: Damn.
0: So Tyson was the last boy in the litter and I wanted a boy dog. And I was like, okay, like he'll do. And he's like my best friend. I love him.
1: <laughs> I like I think usually I was going to say usually like you choose your the dog that's like you. Yeah. And I was like, well, he's blonde. White chest, like, you got white skin, you got blonde hair. I was like, it looks a lot like you, but it ended up being just by happenstance.
0: No. Well, his brother had blue eyes, and he has brown eyes. Like, he was the only dog in the litter with brown eyes. Does that make you sad? Yeah, kind of. But he's perfect the way he is. He also has, like, a little birthmark on his nose. So he has, like, a black circle on his nose. It's, like, pink and then black. It's weird.
1: That's pretty okay. I mean, that's nice.
0: Yeah, but it's unique, so it's okay. unique. He
1: didn't have blue eyes, but he has a fun nose. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. All right. Well, I don't know what time we're at.
0: This is fun.
1: <laughs> right? Isn't it? It's yeah. the best. We're at 9.03. What time did we start?
0: I don't even know. Maybe like
1: 7.30? Probably something around there, right? Because you... I sent you the wrong place on
0: you didn't your neighborhood just doesn't exist yet <laughs> it
1: doesn't and it kind of makes me a little yeah. frustrated because getting mail is hard which shouldn't really? be that hard because they dropped it off next door
0: oh well that's weird I just couldn't find like it just doesn't recognize your street yet but like if it was bright outside I could have found your house
1: <laughs> yeah I can I... It says 20, like it says the address on the thing. Like my numbers are on the thing. So the fact that they didn't get it makes me a little sad. I am really excited. When I, before today I used to do that and it would make the, it would make the, this guy like ring super loud. You could hear these guys very loudly inside your earphones, but now it doesn't do anything. Oh,
0: sweet. I bought a
1: bunch of stuff for this podcast (laughs) or not for this podcast, for the, for the podcast, but it ended up getting here today. I was very thankful. Um, But these little things and then the cameras and then uh these new cords, um that new thing, the the actual stand. Hold on. We are
0: Do I take these off? Not yet. Okay, okay.
1: We're three minutes out. Of what? Of two hours.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even know we'd been talking that long.
1: Isn't it the coolest?
0: Yeah, kind of.
1: You're really easy to talk to.
0: Thanks. But it's also my job, so.
1: You're, (laughs) and I think also the video, I I still think that uh, content creation also helps, like, your communication and, like, the way you phrase things and, like, all of that, I think makes it better. I don't know if you think it does, but like it makes like you are choosing your words. Like, you know, like, I don't know, maybe you're not, but I was like, you said that really well.
0: <gasps> Thanks.
1: Yeah. There was a lot of times where I was like, wow, she said that really nicely.
0: No, I feel like that has more to do just because like I talk to people every single day and sometimes being behind the bar can feel like a little stage. Like you have to be careful with what you say or you have to be, um, Being a bartender, you have to adapt and change your personality to the people that you're talking to so that they can have, like, the best experience. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. So I feel like I've just learned to talk in different ways than maybe someone that hasn't worked in the service industry talks. I don't know.
1: I think getting the opportunity to talk to lots of people.
0: That's true.
1: Doing this for long periods of time helps i think you think also like i'm saying like i don't know both things are really cool i like podcasting because it gives you the opportunity to even if this thing never grows which we're growing so it's kind of cool but even if it stopped then i still have the opportunity to meet people of all different walks of life and have a conversation with them and learn what it feels like and looks like to have a good constructive conversation, mm-hmm. even if it's like weird in the mix, but you like you get to read people and get to understand them. And then I think also like they get to understand you a little bit like that. So it's very like opening for both parties, but I, I, I like it a lot.
0: Have you ever taken a philosophy class?
1: Mm-hmm. No, I've never taken a philosophy class, but I've studied some philosophy.
0: Really? I took a philosophy class cause we, it was just like a class we had to take. Yeah. It was like one of my favorite classes.
1: Tell me about it. Why?
0: Oh, my gosh. I can't even, like, we had textbooks, and you would just read them, and they would tell you certain things that people would do, and I can't, like, remember them off the top of my head because it was, like, three years ago.
1: What is the meaning of life, Avery?
0: Oh, um, sometimes I'm, like, I'm bored with life, so I couldn't tell you, and then other (laughs) times I'm, like, life is so fun right now. It just depends on my mood. (laughs)
1: So then what does life mean to you right now?
0: Um, I don't know. I'm one of those people that's very goal and goal oriented. So in order for me to like have (coughs) a good, happy week, there's like little things that I like to check off. Like the thing, and they're not even big things half the time. Like this week I had three goals and it's to clean out my car, like detail my car Um, I want to try Indian food for the first time, so that's on my list. Nice. I've had, like, curry and butter chicken, but I really want to, like, try some different stuff. Okay. And then the other thing was to vacuum my room, which I haven't gotten to yet, but it's on my list.
1: It's on the list.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I just, like, I guess I live for things that I just, like, make a little list of things to do each week.
1: Are you a list maker? Like do you like to scratch off? Like does that give you value or like Yeah,
0: like I have a digital one on my phone. So it's like right here. And then you just it says clean retainer. I did that today. So I clicked <laughs> it off.
1: And does it like can you like physically scratch it? Like like you rub like back double tap
0: it and it'll just write a line through it for you. That's kinda fun. Yeah.
1: If I'm gonna do a list I like to like
0: see that's how my planner is. Like my if you saw my planner it's like crazy. I've everything for any day of the week is like written down on my planner. That one's just on my phone, like so I can look at something on my phone. But if I lay out my planner, like it's crazy detailed. Very type A. Yeah, love my planner. But my sister's the same way, which is crazy because we didn't learn that about each other until she was like, Your planner's so cute. I was like, thank you. She's like, look at my planner. I was <laughs> like, oh my God. And that was only like a year ago. And now we'll just sit, we'll sit and send pictures of our planners to each other like each week because uh, we just think it's fun. <laughs>
1: weirdest and funnest, funniest like.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm very organized about things, so.
1: Down to... What extent? Like, do you know day by day exactly what you're doing? Like, pretty much, like, hour by hour time yeah, blocks?
0: hour by hour. Like, in Damn. my head, mentally, I'll plan it out for, like, the whole week. But that's how I know I'm, like, getting the things done that I want to get done. So, but that's also me being stubborn, so.
1: I think that it's kind of the right thing to do. Like, you've created your own schedule. Yeah. It ends up usually benefiting. Like, if you know you're going to work out today, like, you've already scheduled time for that. Mm -hmm. Do you schedule the time you're going to work out?
0: So, um, yeah, I usually go, like, after each class ends for the day. But with Orange Theory, you, like, have to pick a class time, which I really like because then I have to be there at a certain time. Like, I don't have any time to slack off. But if I'm just going to the gym to run, I kind of just figure out, like, where I have, like, a three-hour gap so I can go, run, leave the gym, go take a shower, like, change into clothes, Then I'm good.
1: Before we leave, we're going to end here soon. I like to think that we all have little nuggets of knowledge that we can take from each other. Oh, no. Whatever you'd like to leave us with as some sort of thing that you've learned or you're excited to continue to learn about as life continues on. And whatever you... That's, we're gonna you're gonna end us off. We're gonna say bye here in a little bit. But you have the last last word here.
0: I think the most important thing that I have like learned since I've been in college, um, I think it's definitely more important to value relationships than money. And don't get me wrong, financial security is like amazing. It's a great feeling. But like life is literally about the people you meet and the things that you get to do. So stressing about like how successful you might be one day or how much money you're making, I don't think it's worth like as much as genuine people in your life.
1: Thank you. Love you. See you next time.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Ben Navarro's podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and all other major podcast hosting platforms. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes.